me Famous scenes with drama queens and heroes Acted out there on the silver screen Come grab a seat, the popcorn is on me Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here, uh, hanging out, talking movies, uh, exploring life and its meaning. All that happens right here on Meet Me at the Movies because Thomas Manning, over to my right, brings in that depth, that knowledge, that wisdom, that introspection that makes us all wonder why we're here. And, and what's wrong with his hair, too? I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we are getting that. <laughs> yeah, Greg's back there going, what the heck, Greg Tillman, uh, back there in Mission Control. Uh, yeah, we are getting that viewer mail, actually, not the non-viewer mail, but we're getting viewer mail uh, giving you some tips on your hair, uh, including the former uh, nullet that I used to have. They, they said that might be something to consider. Uh, also, uh, the alfalfa look from Little Rascals. Um, and a few others, but those are just a couple. And so, yeah, keep those uh, keep those emails coming. Uh, info at c19 c19.tv is that right? C19.tv. C19.tv. Yes, that's for, uh, it. Yeah. yeah, send us that email. Let us know what you think we should do about Thomas's hair. The, the best thing to 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 take care of these lovely locks. Uh, lovely locks. Uh, speaking of, of lovely locks uh, that can get picked, James Bond knows how to pick some locks. That's for sure. Daniel Craig. That's a good segue uh, <laughs> there. That's solid. solid. Uh, Daniel Craig has been uh, James Bond for a number of years now, and uh, I've, I've liked everything about previous Bonds. Well, I've liked different things about the previous Bonds. Every one of them, there's been something I like about them. But Daniel Craig has really just become my favorite. Um, he's, we've seen his character arc. We've seen him develop um, uh, as the character, and also just... I've really enjoyed what they've been able to do with the storylines as far as tying them together in, in certain ways, but allowing them to stand alone. There's a documentary that's going to be released called Being James Bond. It's a retrospective film uh, that looks at Daniel Craig as Bond. Uh, it's going to stream exclusively on Apple TV app, and it's free for anyone. And this is uh, September 7th through October 7th, so you don't have to be a subscriber. You can stream it for free. Uh, check it out ahead of the theatrical release for the next Bond, which is No Time to Die. That comes out on October 8th. But just wanted to mention that if you're a Bond fan, uh, put this on your calendar. It may be worth checking out. Yeah, No Time to Die. We've been waiting on this for uh, a year and a half now. It was it was like, I believe it was the very first COVID delay or big studio COVID delay. It was um, originally supposed to be April of 2020. Wow. And that was like the first domino that dropped. And here we are um, 18 months later. And... Finally, October, it's, it's almost here. And I think they literally can't afford to push it back again. I agree. Yeah, I, I yeah. think at this point, you you just got to do it. Yeah. You got to just let it go out there. Was it Netflix that offered to buy it? Yeah, for, like $600 million or something yeah, along those lines. No. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, sell it. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> let Netflix do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the money, man. Yeah. $600 million? Come on. Come on. But anyway, check out that uh, that doc that will be available for, uh, for a month. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, a little sad news here, Ed Asner uh, passed away. Uh, this guy is, has been pretty amazing when you look at uh, his body of work. Um, I know, Thomas, you got to really love him as, uh, as who, Santa Claus? Uh, yeah, that is correct, Santa Claus in Elf. Um, he was 
Um, Elf is, was a family tradition growing up. Still every, is. Still is. Still is. <laughs> every Christmas every, Eve. Every Christmas it. Eve, we gather around and watch it. And um, his, he just really inhabits the the role of good old Jolly Saint Nick. And uh, by all accounts, he is that man in real life as well. Yeah. Just just that warm human being. And uh, definitely definitely sad to see him go. But uh, he's leaving behind a legacy that a lot of people are appreciating and will be appreciating for a long time. Oh, absolutely. And we talk about legacy. 91 years old. Uh, he was a former president of the Screen Actors Guild. He's a uh, TV Academy Hall of Fame member. Seven-time Emmy winner. Uh, performed on Broadway, TV, film. He did voice, voice work for video games. Uh, and uh, listen to this, 319 credits for TV and film over the course uh, of his career. I, I think back, Mary Tyler Moore was the first time I remember seeing him, and then the spinoff show, The Lou Grant Show. But uh, Up uh, was one that, uh, you know, I, still one of my favorite movies, when I talk about favorite films that speaks to me. That is one of those films, and Ed Asner was perfect in that. Uh, he did westerns with John Wayne. Um, and, and listen to this other piece of data. Since 1957 uh, through present day, he has uh, pretty much worked and been credited every single year. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Look at those credits, if you would, on IMDb. Uh, there's rarely a year that you're not going to find something. And also, this is cool. You're going to love this because you like superheroes. He played both J. Jonah Jameson and Perry White. So, uh, you, you know, he got that, that journalistic thing that he got back in the early days uh, and also played Jabba the Hutt voice work. So, uh, did he really? Yes, he and did. Voice work for Jabba the Hutt. Not in the movie, yeah, but, but in some, uh, some other variations. I was not aware of that. And there's also 10 current projects that are uh, either um, in production or post-production that he is credited with as well. So we're going to be seeing some posthumous, posthumous releases uh, with Ed Asner. Any other thoughts or comments on Ed Asner? Oh, yeah, you mentioned Up, and I do think that's one of Pixar's finest achievements, really just one of the, the finest films the past 20 yeah. years. And um, he, his character, the character arc, of the, the character that he voices in that is yeah. just a really beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, he's one of those, pretty much any role you watch him in, you can probably find yourself smiling yeah. and uh, just taking something important from that with you in your daily life afterwards. So. Yeah, and, and you look at, if you look at the TV career, I mean, shows that were popular, shows like CSI, X-Files, Hawaii Five-0, um, he, would, he would have these small roles that would sometimes last over the course of a few episodes. But uh, love the guy, and I'm glad that we've got this incredible body of work that we can go back and look. Uh, Ed Asner uh, passed away at the age of 91. Uh, new films uh, in theaters, you got a chance to check out uh, Candyman, uh, not Candyland, which is a game that you still play, I think, uh, at home with, with Catherine. You guys play Candyland every once in a while. This is Candyman, and is it a reboot, a remake, or a sequel, Thomas? Well, yeah, it's interesting because I went into this expecting all sorts of fun and whimsy like we have in the Candyland board game, but uh, <laughs> turns out this is an entirely different property, yeah. and yeah, yeah that, that, I'm just kidding there. I, I knew what I was getting into, um, and... You, you mentioned, is it a sequel, is it a relaunch, is it a reboot? And going in, I was actually sort of confused as to that myself. Um, I, from the trailers, I kind of got the vibe. It was uh, pretty much a soft reboot that was going to kind of expand on the mythology of the 1992 original. And I was not really familiar with the original other than just the basic plot line, basic premise. Um, and so I went to go see this with one of my good friends who's a big fan of the original. And as we were watching it, um, I could see him 
kind of noticing him reacting to certain things probably more than me right. just because he had a deeper connection to the original and um you know that was in 1992 here we are 31 years later and i still was able to understand everything that was happening right. and um you know appreciate it from a filmmaking perspective but after having a conversation with my friend afterwards uh this is my friend tremaine yeah he said um if you haven't seen the first one this is almost like half of a puzzle like a, the second half of the puzzle to the first movie. Okay. Um, so I will put that out there um, that considering my kind of lack of uh, lack of baggage, I guess, yeah. that I had a different reaction um, okay. than him. But still. So would you recommend going back and watching the original? I probably would, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Um, but, but you don't have to. It's not, it's not required, but it wouldn't hurt at all. Uh, so this was directed by uh, Naya DaCosta and she, uh, this was on her second feature film, and then after this, um, she is going to be directing the Marvels, which is a sequel to Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually coming off of a domestic box office opening for Candyman, uh, first, um, first black female director to have a film debut at number one. Wow. So, yeah. um, and especially during the pandemic uh, with, with a film that's been delayed three times um that's just really impressive accomplishment so major major kudos to her for that um and this is a very well directed film um technically speaking um it you know it's i think it's number one intention is to kind of unsettle both in um you know philosophical and kind of physical ways as well um there's a lot of kind of gruesome kind of body horror but it doesn't do so um, by showing you everything. It kind of hints at a lot of things that are happening um, and isn't too incredibly gory. Um, it just kind of leaves enough of your, leaves enough there for your imagination okay. to take over and kind of fill in the gaps. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, philosophically, there's a lot of really scathing social commentary here as well. Um, and it's, uh, it, I think it'll probably open some eyes to um, people who maybe haven't been, um, you know, haven't studied up on certain, um, you know, certain aspects of like um, social environment, like gentrification and things okay. along those lines. And um, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen in the lead role. Say that again. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. He's and one more time. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Okay. He's our, he's our man. Uh, he, he's a great actor working today. Um, he... I think the first time I saw him was a few years ago in Aquaman, where he played Black Manta. Yes. Uh, yes. He was also in uh, Watch HBO's Watchmen. Yeah. And um, great series. Yeah, yeah. And here he is, uh, really in a completely different role. He's playing this artist um, who is um, kind of realized he has a bit of a dark past, and he doesn't even fully realize his dark past. So parts of that kind of catch up with him, and really affect how he moves throughout his life presently, um, and very uh, kind of a slow descent into madness that we wow. see with his character and, you um, know, that whole slow descent into madness that happens when pretty much anybody watches this show a slow descent into madness Greg Tillman completely agrees and that's why he runs this show yeah yeah I don't really envy anybody who spends time with us so. <laughs> yeah 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 um, but yeah I um, ultimately, um, this is one of those films that got under my skin. Um, okay. And, and I like this show. <laughs> you, you never pass up the opportunity, do you? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And um, I, but I did walk away with a few questions, a few uh, lingering questions that might have been 
more um, completely filled if okay. I had studied up on the source so, material a little bit yeah. more. So, so maybe that would have been answered more had yeah. you seen the yeah. original uh, or uh, if you'd researched a little bit. Yeah, more. yeah, gotcha. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, maybe I didn't do all the homework I should have. Okay. But it, uh, <laughs> it's okay, man. What's out of the normal there? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You're still learning, man. Yeah. It's yeah. all right. It's all all right. Other thoughts, uh, score, sound design, technical aspects of this film? Oh, yeah. Because it is a horror yeah. film. Yeah. yeah, so mirrors absolutely play a big role in this story, okay. uh, both in the story from um, you know technical standpoint and uh, narratively, um, and um, the way it's the reflections are captured, yeah. um, you know, very, uh, very unsettling. Yeah. You see, you know, these characters standing in a mirror and maybe something moving a little bit in the background, maybe yeah. something there in the corners and yeah. the shadows. And uh, just a few times I was there, I was sitting in a theater, I was like, wow, okay. That's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gave me a little bit of a shiver. Okay. Um, and um, the, the score, uh, very atmospheric. And uh, same with the sound design. Okay. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I would recommend Candyman okay. if you are someone who doesn't mind uh, having, um, you know, doesn't mind having a few nightmares here, yeah. here and there. Okay. So, All yeah. right. So uh, what's your rating for this? A solid B plus for Candyman. Okay, B plus. Yeah. So it may have may even be uh, higher if you'd seen it before, you think? Or do you yeah, think? yeah, I think, yeah. If I, okay. And I dropped my notes, but we're rolling with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. So you, you, feel like, you feel like it would have been higher, but B plus is still good, solid rating for Candyman uh, in theaters now. We're going to take a quick intermission. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, Coda, uh, um, Apple TV um, film that you may want to check out. Uh, also, Thomas has a couple, uh, one called The Last Matinee, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, McCartney 321, uh, Hulu doc. And what's this last milestone? How, what, Kipchoge? Yeah, yeah, Kipchoge, the last Kipchoge. milestone. That's All it. Right, Kipchoge. So stick around for more right after this quick intermission. Who can take a sunrise? Hi, I'm Tim Foster from C19 TV. I'm Rob Brute from KTCBroadcasting.com. And I'm Fuvio Brooks from C19 TV Sports. Join us for Armchair Quarterback, What's in Store on the Gridiron in 2021. Cleveland County High School football fans are excited about getting back to a full season, and we will be here to break it all down. Every week, we look at all four Cleveland County High School football teams. Conference foes Burns and Shelby, 
and conference foes Crest and Kings Mountain. We will look at what happened the week before and look ahead at what's coming up this week. We'll also do the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. Nobody covers Cleveland County football like armchair quarterback. Don't miss another great season right here on C19 TV. Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch? Well, welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Noel T. Manning the second here with Thomas Manning to my right. And uh, Mission Control, yeah, Mr. Greg Tillman's back in action, so glad to see him. The, the energy level that he that just breathes off of him, breathes off of him, is amazing. Yeah, I don't know if that was the right terminology it there, wasn't. but we're, we're going with it. Yeah, yeah it, it's a, so Greg Tillman, thank you, sir. Good, good sir. Wait a minute, that's not correct. That's Tim Foster and Greg. Tim Foster, yeah, that's right. The, the guns, look at him, man. He is the man. Dang it, he's the man. You know, I wonder if he still has any eligibility. He could play some, some college football around here, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about D1, but uh, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe some Juco. <laughs> D4, is there a D4 out there somewhere? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. There you go. There you go. Well, we talk anything right here, but movies and, and that type of thing is where we try to focus. Uh, there is a, a film that we've been trying to talk about for, for really a few weeks now. It's called CODA. Uh, this is a, a movie that's done really well on the festival circuits. Uh, Apple TV is where you can find this, Apple TV Plus. I always want to just say Apple TV, but Apple TV Plus. Uh, CODA uh, means a child of a deaf adults. Uh, it's a dramedy. Um, it's, it's one part you know, comedy, one part drama. It's really organic in that, in that way. It's a coming-of-age story uh, where this daughter of, of deaf adults is drawn into this love of singing. So you've got this really interesting parallel between parents who can't truly appreciate the love that this daughter now has. Uh, it's a film where our lead played by Emily Jones, who is phenomenal. Uh, she's pulled into two different worlds, uh, which you see so many times in this com in coming of age stories. And here it's done so well. Uh, it's heartwarming, it's enlightening. And it's funny. Uh, it truly is funny in that authentic and organic way. Casting is absolutely marvelous. Uh, it's one of those rare films that, to me, it was actually better than the hype. And that is so hard uh, for a, a film at all to do. Watch for this during awards season. Um, if, you, if you plan to watch this, it is, like I said, on Apple TV+. Plus. Have some uh, tissues handy because uh, your, your eyeballs might just sweat. This film can cause eyeballs to sweat. That's a little disclaimer I've got to throw out there. Uh, Oscar winner uh, Marley Matlin uh, stars in this, and a little bit of trivia. She was 21 years old when she earned an Oscar for Children of a Lesser God back in 1986, and that was her feature film debut. Uh, we've seen her throughout the years pop up in things, but she, she uh, is marvelous in this. The movie Coda, uh, I am giving this an A-plus rating. Uh, I do not give out too many A pluses, but it is absolutely perfect on so many different levels. Yeah, and it's it's um I haven't watched it yet, but it is a pretty short film, right? It's it's kind of like light and easy watching. And uh, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's I mean, it, you you want to invest your time into um, into the story. Uh, it's it's not one of those that you want to you know pause and go back and forth, but it is short and it's engaging from start to finish. Yeah. So truly appreciated. Coda, uh, well worth uh, checking out. Well, Thomas, what have you got? Uh, what have we got next on your list? Uh, we're talking about uh, Kipchoge, the last milestone. I is that believe. right? Is that right, Mr. Tillman? Is that what you've got lined up, Kipchoge? Yes, got Kipchoge, it. the it. last yeah. milestone. 
All right, so this is a documentary about one of the uh, most phenomenal human achievements in athletic history. Um, the sub that was, that was yeah. Tim Foster, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. That was Tim Foster. No, no, no. Not quite about Tim. Not quite about his uh, Division Four football <laughs> career. Uh, <laughs> here we are talking about the sub two-hour marathon, running 26.2 miles in less than two hours, um, which equates to like four minutes and 30 seconds per mile. Wow. Um, and most people can barely run an eight minute mile. So just to put that in perspective, um, it, uh, there was a lot of talk for many decades. Is this even humanly possible? Um, so this documentary kind of tells a story of um, the team of, a team of the greatest minds, the greatest scientific minds uh, coming together with the greatest athletes in the world to see if they can put their kind of respective um, areas of expertise together to produce something um, that, um, you know, will have its mark, have made its mark in human history pretty much for all eternity. Um, and so it is Elliot Kipchoge is the marathon runner from Kenya who uh, this documentary is focused on. And uh, this movie is directed by Jake Scott, who is the son of Ridley Scott. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So uh, Jake Scott has directed a lot of a lot of commercials in the past, a lot of music videos, and a few documentaries. Uh, he hasn't done a lot of like narrative, uh, fictional narrative storytelling, but for this documentary, you can definitely tell that he's kind of in a sweet spot. He, yeah. He's in his groove, telling stories, but keep uh, telling very entertaining stories, but keeping the focus on the humanity at the center. And um, it's it's a very beautifully shot documentary. Um, the way that the the movement is captured of these athletes, uh, they're like these training montages that almost reminded me of a Rocky training montage. Wow. But the thing is, these are you know real people in real life doing these things. And of course we know Sylvester Stallone was doing a lot of those things, but that was a fictional character. Right, this was, is a real guy. Yeah, that, yeah. so that was separate from our own reality. But here with Kipchoge, this is a real man. Just, um, he's pretty much a, a normal guy. Like you think um, it doesn't take a superhuman, it just takes a ton of dedication, a ton of hard work, and um, just uh, devoting your life to a singular, singular goal. And uh, this documentary does a great job painting that portrait. Um, it was uh, one of those that in the final like 15 minutes, um, there were a few tears that kind of welled wow. up in my eyes wow. just seeing his impact on, you know, not just, um, not just the people around him, but people all around the world that have been invested in his journey wow. um, from an emotional standpoint. Yeah. And um, it, I was very glad I got to see this, and uh, his story is one that uh, you know should be known more. But I think it's interesting um, how um, I mean it makes sense that it's like football players and basketball players, baseball right. players. Those are the ones that usually are in the spotlight more. Right. But I think endurance athletes like yeah. Elliot Kipchoge are the ones that uh, they they, they should they should be up there yeah. just as much as everybody else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah. And and as someone who has had a love of running yeah. and who has followed running since you were a kid. Yeah. Did it add even more yeah. appreciation? Oh. And, and someone who was an endurance athlete as well. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I think that that was that played a big role in its emotional yeah. impact on me personally. Yeah. Um, and I think anybody can be moved by this story, but especially those with a background in um, endurance sports. So Awesome. Uh, Kipchoge, the last milestone. What's your rating, Mr. Man? Uh, solid A- minus for Kipchoge, okay. the last milestone. Yeah. A- minus, uh, Kipchoge, the last milestone. Where can this be found? Well, see, I think it is, it's available on video on demand. Uh, okay. It was uh, 
produced through like NBC Productions. Gotcha. Um, so they're on certain, I think they have a streaming service out there where you can find it as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to dive into another doc. This is a doc series, uh, McCartney 321. You can find this uh, on Hulu. Uh, Paul McCartney uh, sits down uh, with a one-on-one -on -one in depth interview, series of interviews with Rick Rubin, who is quite amazing. Uh, in his own right from a producing standpoint. Uh, they discussed the groundbreaking work of the Beatles, uh, the arena rock of the 70s where Wings really uh, came out uh, and, and, and changed change the face really of what people expected uh, for concerts. Uh, that was groundbreaking itself with Paul McCartney. Uh, he also talks about over 50 years of being a solo artist, which is amazing. They explore the music, the creativity, and they do it in a very unique in different way, uh, the the interviews, uh, black and white interviews, and the way it was lit, I loved love this. You get this this really front row understanding of, of who McCartney is. And there've been so many documentaries uh, about McCartney, and there've been so many interviews throughout the years with him. But there's something about this one that you feel is is even more personal, um, and and also you know Rick digs up these old Beatles tapes and outtakes and plays them and lets Paul reflect on them during that. And some of that is just, you know, you talk about your director's commentaries when you watch Blu-rays or DVDs. Uh, it's almost like watching a, an artist commentary on the music with the reflections. I really, really love that. Um, and uh, the, the, the documentary is a uh, documentary series, six episodes, uh, McCartney, three Two, one. You can find that on Hulu. Uh, a solid A-plus rating. And I'm going to tease another documentary I'm going to be reviewing in, in future weeks called Under the Volcano that looks at George Martin and his impact on music as a whole uh, at this location that happened to have a volcano on it. Uh, that's a doc that I think is going to be getting some, um, some love uh, as well. Well, Thomas, we've got two minutes. Do you want to... Uh, dive into your quick uh, review of the last matinee, or do you want to hold off on that for next time? We can hold off on that, but I do want to comment on the uh, McCartney doc. Yep. So, so how old is Paul McCartney now? He's in his 70s at this point, right? He's, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's way up there, man. I don't, I don't, yeah, he's in his 70s. And so about as old as you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, and he's still making new music as well. Yes. And, uh, and so Ruben is a great music producer. He's been around with McCartney the whole time, and he's still producing a lot of great artists today. I think he's, um, some hip hop artists even um, of our generation. And so it's just pretty phenomenal to see that, um, the, just their lasting impact. Yeah, uh, and, and Rubens yeah. had this love of the, the music of the Beatles and, and McCartney. And uh, it was just, it was kind of interesting. No, hearing from someone who is a producer of music uh, across the genres of yeah. music, who uh, can talk to artists uh, in the terminology that, that they understand and that they love and they appreciate, but also the documentary. So I think for, for music fans, they're going to appreciate it. And I mean like those who are, are techno fans of the music. Like our musicians. Friend, uh, Christian Jessup, Christian Jessup, yes, friend of the show. Yes, musicians uh, are going to love this, but also just fans of music in general, I think are going to love it. And if you are a, a fan of anything relating to the Beatles or McCartney, it's, it is a must see Sweet. and absolutely yeah must see and you've I mean you've grown up listening to the, the music of the Beatles and McCartney I mean you couldn't get away from that in, in your household so. yeah yeah you raised me right so, <laughs> so are there any uh, Beatles or McCartney songs that particularly speak to you 
Uh, let's see. I think we got to go. Hey Jude has just been yeah. one of those forever and ever that I've always gone back to. Um, and kind of the story behind it, I know it was written for Julian Lennon yeah. uh, when his parents were going through a divorce. Yeah. And, um, but I think there are like <laughs> probably 50 other Beatles songs yeah. that can speak like that to individual people in different ways. Yeah, so. and I think anybody who has a love for the Beatles or a love for the solo work of the Beatles, if you ask them, do you have songs that speak to you from these artists? I think everybody will, will have something to say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's so many, I can't even begin to give you one, but uh, a quick uh, recommendation from The Vault yesterday. If you haven't seen that film and you love the music of the Beatles, you need to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we got Himesh Patel yes. in the lead role for yeah. that. Uh, just yeah. a beautiful, charismatic performance and uh, just beautiful ode to the Beatles music. Absolutely. So. Well, I really appreciate everybody spending time with us right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, I want to leave you with a movie quote of the week, as we always try to, like, try to do. Uh, missing people is part of this world. Um, without that sadness, you can't taste the sweet. Uh, that comes from the movie Reminiscence that we reviewed uh, last week right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Thomas Manning, thanks for joining us. Uh, Greg Tillman, thanks for uh, taking care of the show. <laughs> thanks for taking care of the show this week. Uh, appreciate that very much. Uh, and Tim Foster, hey man, keep working. Uh, we might, might be able to get you some eligibility uh, for that uh, D4, uh, D4 school. We'll have to wait and see. Until next time, I'm Noel T. Manning II. For Meet Me at the Movies, that's a wrap. Many films to view until we meet again. Next time we